been a good day today to be in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and to be here with you. Started out this morning with a men's breakfast. Boy, was that exciting to get in there with all the older men and, and some young ones too, some young ones. But uh, my, that was a, a good time. I enjoyed that. And, uh, and then it's been a good day. And yet in the midst of the day, there's been some difficult things happen. And uh, it just, uh, sometimes I need what they just sang about uh, now, that in the midst of, of storms and, and things, that we can have the peace of God. Because, boy, that, that just makes the difference. It makes the difference. You can sorrow, you can have a, a heart that's just wrung out of you on the inside and, and not be able to explain it that in the midst of that stuff, God gives a deep, settled peace that holds us steady and steadfast and proves to us that his salvation is sure. Hallelujah. I give him praise. I give him praise. And my desire tonight is that for those who especially need it right now, near and far, that the great grace of God would just surround their heart and comfort and give courage and and keep us steady, folks. These are days we need to keep steady and purpose. I'm going through. I'm going through. Hallelujah. I'll take the way no matter what others do. Praise God. And I don't mean that as a boast in myself, but I mean that as a determination from my heart that with the great help of God, I think we can make it. I think we can make it. Praise the Lord. Thank you again, Strattons. Thank you for your giving to the Strattons. I hope you gave so much that it even surprised yourself uh, and just uh, gave to them. They're, they're certainly worthy of it. And uh, I thank God for them. I've sure enjoyed being around them. And I don't know, at times, I mean, just at times, I just close my eyes and I think, oh, am I listening to the Chuck Wagon Gang? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they might not think that, but I always liked the Chuck Wackett gang. I really did. But, uh, boy, I just like it. It's good old, I think it's good old country farm music. And church, too. And church, too. I don't want to forget that. But, boy, I'll tell you what. If you had a Holstein cow, I believe it would come to the fence to listen to something like that. I believe it would. Uh, you laugh, but I, out at uh, Brother Jeff's, where his dad is, out in Kansas, they have a barn camp. Have you ever been there for their barn camp? I got to go for the barn camp. And I mean literally, it's in a barn. And uh, they set up, the platform is set up on baled hay. And uh, they have pews that they bring in, but you can look out the big doors and I guess the farm now, I've heard they got rid of their dairy cows. But when I was there, they had Holstein cows. And uh, I told the singer, uh, I believe his brother, was his name Hayes? I can't remember. He's gone now. He's gone to heaven. But they were good people. And I teased him. I said, you, you can't sing, but you have a real good spirit. 
And he said, well, you can't preach and you don't have a good spirit. You know? But so we went at each other, you know, in the meeting. But I told him, I said, boy, you watch every time you get up to sing, the cows come right up to the edge of the fence as close as they can get to the barn door where we're in and watch him. They listen to him sing. And I reminded him of that. I said, you sing good songs to the cows. And he said, well, I notice when you get up to preach, they go off. (laughs) But uh, I'll tell you what, God's good to us, isn't he? He's really good to us. I hope you've had had a good day. Over in Jeremiah chapter 18, Jeremiah chapter 18 this evening. The word, verse 1, chapter 18 of Jeremiah The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work. On the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O House of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Father in heaven, tonight we thank thee this Saturday night of revival for the privilege of gathering together, being here together, just as we are. Lord, we thank you for the sense of your presence this evening. Now, Lord, you know we're depending on you. We need your help in a special way tonight to settle down. And again, please, Lord, as you've done night after night, walk in our midst. And reach out and minister to somebody tonight that needs to find their place in your hand. Because, Lord, like your word indicates, if we find ourselves in your hand, then you can wrought a work in our midst. So bring that work to pass in this congregation tonight, according to your will. And we'll give you the, th- the thanks and the praise, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We live, Rachel and I live, somebody was asked me tonight where we live. We actually live right on campus at Penview. We live in a two-room, used-to-be-camp-meeting cottage. 
two-room and a bath. We moved from Main Street, Middleburg to the middle of campus there at Penview on the conference grounds. We left a 12-room house for a two-room cottage. Might surprise you, but it has brought us closer together. <laughs> Actually, we, we like it there. We really do. Because both of us tend to be just a trite nosy. And being smack dab in the middle of campus, you can watch the teachers coming and going. You can watch the students coming and going. And you can watch the neighbors every once in a while crossing across campus walking their dogs. You can tell where their dogs do things. I'm not talking about chasing rabbits or squirrels. I'm talking about adding to the nutrients of the soil uh, and helping things grow on campus. You can watch that. So you know where not to step. But we do enjoy it there. But right, right within, within a mile of our cottage, uh, actually, my mom has an apartment with, with Willie the dog. Stratton's reminded me in this meeting that I have not said much about Willie. It's because sometimes you purposely try to forget <laughs> some things. But mom has a dog. And, uh, and Mom and Willie live within a mile of us. And, and when I'm home, most mornings, I've got to change a little bit. Mom's getting older. She's 95. She's always been older than me ever since I knew her. And she's kept her pace that she still is. But, but when I'm home, I go down at 8 o'clock. It has been the practice to go down at 8 o'clock to have my morning coffee with Mom. What a privilege. And then John, who owns the place and has the little apartment in it, he comes over. So John, Mom, her caregiver, me, and Willie have coffee. Not all of us have coffee, but some of us do uh, in the mornings. But on the way to get to Mom's, I have to go out of the county. Even though it's not that big a distance... I have to leave Snyder County and go into Union County to come to Mom's address. But before that, I have to cross over Penn's Creek. Penn's Creek. And there on the banks, beside the bridge, just off the road, a Penn's Creek is what used to be, if I've got it right in my, in my memory. I looked for it and I forgot my notes that has that on it, though I've only used them once. Uh, used to be Samsel's Mill, I think. Are you arguing with me? Do you have something to contribute? Your offering's over, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're having a private conversation. I'll be back in a minute. I thought it was Sapsel's bill. Brother Jeff. 
Well, if you don't know, why are you arguing with me? <laughs> anyway, what used to be Samsel's Mill, Bill Lynch. I'll go back over here. Bill Lynch had apprenticed in Georgia. Learned his trade there under an artisan. I think that's the word I want to use. If it isn't, it's a nice word. And learned the craft professionally of pottery. I'm not talking about going out and making a mud puddle and building little pots and pans and dishes like the Stratton kids, the girls, because boys don't do that. Although Bill Lynch is a boy, <laughs> a man. But he learned the trade and the art of pottery and came from Georgia to Penns Creek, purchased the old Samsel Mill and made of it what it is today, which today, if you catch him open, it's, it's been converted into a museum. You can go in there and look at the beautiful woodwork of the old original mill. You can see parts of some of the original equipment uh, of, of the old grist mill in there yet. It's, it's just a neat place to visit if you're ever up at Penns Creek. And, and then made it, it's a, it's a couple stories up you, that you have access to at least, and, um, and then made it a working pottery shop uh, where he makes the things that he has displayed around on the beams and tables and shelving in, in the old mill. Really a quaint place, really a, a neat place to visit. I, I don't, I think you can go through the whole thing. There's no charge to do it, except there's always the danger that your eye will be taken by some of his work, because some of his work is beautiful. Handmade, of course, and, and, and pricey. Pricey. When you make that stuff by hand, usually pricey. I thought, you know, I, I told uh, Pastor Waller when I come here, I, my, my acute, my, my ongoing addiction right now is coffee. I like my coffee. I like my morning coffee. If you knew me in a morning, you would like my morning coffee for me to have it. Because I tend to be grumpy. And, and a cup or two or three of good, hot coffee in, in a homemade pottery coffee mug that you carry with you everywhere you go is good. You look at me with a look. I love to look at people's expressions and think, what are they thinking right now? And right now what they're thinking is, where is he going with this? 
are we even going to go anywhere? Do we need to? But what I was going to tell you is that my little collection back home, I've got little mugs, little coffee mugs that are unique and special to me. One of them, one of them says, God's Missionary Church. I get it out every once in a while just to remind myself uh, what that is. And, uh, and I like it. I've got another one that says Penview Bible Institute on it. Now, let me tell you why I like both of them. The one representing a conference, the other representing a Bible school. While I like them both, they're not technically pottery. They're, I think, China-made, glazed, frog pond mud or something that they maybe would have originally been. But then, if you'd come to our cabin number four, if you're ever on campus, cabin number four, if you all come at once, take a number. <laughs> but you are invited Aren't they, hon? Yeah, she said, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Act happy, honey. We're going to get company. But if you'd come to, come to our cabin, I could show you a Penn's Creek pottery coffee mug handcrafted by Bill Lynch. Aren't you excited? <laughs> you don't act excited at all. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and it took my eye when I toured, and I wanted something of artifact, you know, from being local there. So actually, I, I paid a good price for it. They are a little, they're a little pricey. You got to dilute the coffee a while to, in order to afford the coffee because the coffee mug costs so much. But I have an authentic Bill, and, and you know the thing, if you get a real one, Barry Arnold, Bill Lynch signs it on the bottom. Okay? That's important to some people. Signs it on the bottom. But do you know what? My favorite one is, don't tell Jacob Martin, it's not the God's Missionary Church mug. I like it, but it's not my favorite. Don't tell Dan Durkee, please, or I'll be in big trouble, because I could see his place from mine on campus. Don't tell Dan Durkee, but the Penview Bible Institute mug is not necessarily my favorite and please don't go down to Penn's Creek Pottery and Gwen and tell Bill Lynch that somebody living in Penn's Creek likes one better than his. But do you know what? If you'd come up to the parsonage, all of you, after service tonight, 
Boy, if you thought my wife looked funny, you ought to see Sister Walder right now. <laughs> because I've got it there. I've got it there. Now, we're going to go somewhere in a minute. And we won't be lengthy tonight, I hope. <laughs> Help him, Lord. <laughs> Tom Ramsey. Anyway, I was out at Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Walking through an antique store, pretty big one, full of junk, full of antiques. I like to do it. I may not buy a thing, but I just like to go see old stuff. I'm more comfortable feeling around old stuff, familiar stuff from my childhood. And back in the back, where the lighting was the poorest, on a dusty shelf, way up, I saw it. And I reached up and got it. And sure enough, Brother Stratton, it was an actual handmade pottery coffee mug but it was ugly. The coloring is so drab that it blended in almost to the old wood and dust. But it still caught my eye. And you know what I liked about it? As I looked at it, I thought, somebody made this. And I looked on the bottom, sure enough, they didn't even sign their name. I don't know, it must have been, when they got it done, they thought, no way. I'm not going to let anybody know that I made that. And how it ever ended up as a relic on a shelf in an antique mall, I don't know. But it had been there a long time, in my opinion. And I redeemed it. I thought, you know what? It's so ugly. Brother Todd, nobody else will ever drink out of it. It's so ugly that nobody will steal it. It's the perfect mug for me. And I paid money, not much, because it didn't have a high price tag. I paid money for it. And you know what? It's up there in my room right now. I've drank three or four cups of coffee from that old antique top shelf clay potter's mug. Today. Got down here and remembered I forgot it, and guess who brought it to me? My little bride of 52 years that I'm madly in love with. She brought it down, and since she brought it, I've been using it. I'd love, I should have brought it down tonight. I don't do object lessons often, but I would with that, because I know I could lay it down, and it would be wherever I lay it. 
I don't even think the janitor would move it. (laughs) I said all that because God had a word to say, perhaps to us. When he said, uh, arise. Arise. Arise and go down to the potter's house. And folks, I hope I don't overuse my imagination on it, but you know, I said, I said to someone, I think since I've been here, that maybe, maybe in service, that maybe it was this morning at the breakfast, oh, I almost lost my balance. <laughs> She's been watching out for me, and her nerves have been a mess. She told me, she says, oh, if you wouldn't walk up and down those steps, I could, I could relax. But I like to keep her awake. <laughs> right there, I lost my footing. I, almost, I could have ended up a casualty right here. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, you can't dwell on what could be. Anyway, I said, you know, my favorite verse is from Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, and, and, and I'm convinced, Brother Byler, that sometime or another, all of us, we might not express it, maybe nobody knows it, but sometime or another, we need somebody to say, come. You know, come. Meaning, meaning I care enough that I want to help you. I want to be with you. Come. Jesus said that. Come unto me in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He said that to me when I was a lost sinner, Tom Ramsey. And oh, it changed my life entirely. It gave me hope. Amen. Gave me hope. Enabled me to literally step out and go to an altar of prayer, which was humiliating in front of people that knew me. But I didn't care. I was so tired of sin. I, I wanted deliverance. And His come gave me hope that I could find deliverance. And I, I thought the same way when I read this. Not, not to try to be over, overly dramatic about it, but I read this and I said, Lord, sooner or later, sooner or later, our people need to hear, arise! Arise! Because they're beaten down. They're worn down. They're oppressed. They're heavy laden. They're burdened. The things on their mind, the things on their heart, the things in their life. Oh, we need to look up. We need to get up. And he said, arise from where you are. Arise. And he said, just a simple little Little illustration Jesus wants to give us, but he said, arise and go down to the potter's house. Probably much more of a familiar scene to who he was talking about, that Jeremiah was talking about, than what we would think today, because a potter's place today is is sort of a unique uh, person, a unique trade. Uh, more suited maybe to tourists and so on because of the availability of everything else. But, but in this day, the potter was the one that made their, their bowls and made their glasses and their mugs and their pitchers and their, their, their 
things that would hold the contents of their of their uh, vittles and so on. Vittles, isn't that an old word? I haven't used that in a long time. Remember when you used to take your vittles and go sit on the Davenport and eat it? Remember that? Remember Davenport? Anyway, I don't know where I dug that out of. The cobwebs. But, but Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord will come to you if you arise. There's always a little bit of effort on our part. We can't do it, but there are certain things God asks of us. And, and as he asks of us, they're not undoable. They're not so hard that you can't do them. But if you'll, you'll do what the Lord says to you, do the little things, take the first step, draw nigh to me, one step at a time. He doesn't say leap or jump or run, just draw nigh to me. Come. Here he says, arise, get up. Oh, I find as I get older, Brother Walter, as I get older, getting up is more of a challenge. Takes longer. But he says, arise. Arise and go. Go down to the potter's house. I, I like, I don't want me to play with the words in Scripture, but I like the fact that he says, if you get up and you'll start to go, it'll become downhill to you. I'll, I'll aid you. I'll, I'll give you that much. I, the, it, you go down to the potter's house. You're gonna, it, it'll give you enough momentum that you can make it. Come on, he says. I want you to go down to the potter's house and I want you to learn. And he said, there, there you'll look and see the potter because he's, he, he wrought a work on the wheels. Oh, I've already mentioned it to you, the revival, but I hope you can picture it. I hope you can believe it. I hope you can know it, that God desires to, to as it were, rot a work uh, with you. God wants to make something of you. God wants to do something for you. And God wants to do something through you. God is interested in you. I preach, I believe with all my heart, or I'd hang it up that God Almighty never allows for anybody to slide through the cracks uh, or, or to be lost along the edges. Uh, the Holy Ghost includes you. There might be people here more popular. There might be people here that, that are more seen. Uh, they're bold print people. They're platform people. But I want to tell you, God works for those of us that never gravitate or graduate to the platform. God's interested in you. And he reminds us because the thing we see is that the potter is, is working a work. The potter is there about his business. And God wants to remind us that when the Holy Ghost comes in our midst, He is about His business. He's, he's serious about you. He's serious about doing through you and in you and for you. God be for us. Who can be against us? And the whole idea of the potter is He takes nothing but a lump. Of clay. Oh, I like that. I like to remind us. Some of us think 
were gold. And he says, go to the potter's house and you'll find out the potter works with clay. What's more common than clay? Just, I mean, mud, clay? But he takes the clay and in his hand, I've stood there at Penn's Creek and watched Bill Lynch as he put the clay, the lump, on the wheel. And with his feet, he's moving the wheel. It's set up so that he can move it with his foot. I think he can set it up to move it automatically, plug it in. But it moves it. It rotates the, the wheel, the table that it's, that it's on, the clump of clay. And he knows, he knows exactly the texture. He knows exactly how wet it needs to be or how dry it ought to be. He knows the speed of that table. And, you know, he, 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 uh, he uh, took his training in Georgia to learn it so he could do it in Pennsylvania, Snyder County. And he works that. And working that with his hands. I've watched him as the firmness as the firmness the pressure of his hands begins to, to take a lumpy clump of clay and smooth it and stretch it up and depending on the pressure of his hand and his fingers it begins to take shape right before your eyes. Our God desires to come. And whatever sin has done to us, whatever marks have been on us, we're all just clay. But clay in the hands of the potter can be formed. It's not what we were. It's not what we are. It's what the potter sees we can be. And he can look at each one of us and say of that one, I can envision this. And for you, I can see you becoming this. And the hand of God, perfect pressure for what he or who he is working with. Pressures in this life that begin to mold and, and describe and, and determine our character, our spiritual character. That's why some difficulties come into our life. That's why in walking with Jesus, sometimes the wind buffets and blows. That's why on the Sea of Galilee sometimes it's tumultuous and it rocks our boat. But when Jesus is there, His hand forms us into a pattern and into a vessel that He can use. Hallelujah. Oh, it's exciting to me that it's not all together 
what you and I, I know he gives us will and he gives us volition and he gives us reason and, and so we can dream. I want to be a mechanic or I want to be an electrician or I want to drive a truck or whatever it is and those are okay. But when God begins to handle the clay, he'll say, oh, but you might want to, but if you'll put yourself in my hand, if you'll surrender enough to put yourself in my hand and trust me, oh, son, I can, I can make this a you. Daughter, I can use you in this way. And to do that, I've got to put pressure here. You've got, you got to endure that for just a little bit here. This is going to be a little pressure. I went to the dentist recently. He told me, he says, this is going to be a little pressure. I thought, oh, it wasn't very reassuring. But to do what he had to do, he had to do that. The potter knows exactly how to put the pressure, and the pressure shapes us. And not only does the pressure shape us, but in the hands of the, of the trained potter that knows what he's doing, he knows exactly what pressure to put on that when he's done the walls and the base and the neck and the handle of that vessel is going to be strong enough for the purpose that he's, he's uh, uh, viewed it to, to fulfill. He said, arise and go down to the potter's house. And he said, when you get there, you'll see that he wrought a work on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay. Oh, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. We're all clay. Brother Todd, sometimes I look at some men that I really have been heroes, spiritual heroes to me. And I think, oh, they, if they were clay... If they were clay, it was sure higher class clay than my clay. I was more swamp mud. But I've seen God take them, and I've seen God make them. I've seen people, some, some might, might not be sitting much much further than where you're sitting right now. That over the years, I've seen God take them. I've seen God shape them and then put them in the fire. He knew just how hot the fire should be, and He knew how long they ought to be in it. And I mean, when, when they came out the other side, I have seen sometimes the difference from when they went in to when they come out. Our God can do a divine work upon our children. I've seen little, little children come to an altar at, at three and four and five years old and pray. I've seen the smile come on their face. And I've heard the parents say, Oh, they are changed. That's right. 
God makes a real radical difference. And when he gets the clay in his hand, the finished product, I mean it's beautiful to see even in the working, even though sometimes that appears to be difficult. And sometimes something goes wrong. I can't explain this, but sometimes something goes wrong. We won't be much longer here tonight, but Jeremiah said it was marred in the hand of the potter. I don't understand that totally, but I don't think that indicates that there's there's any inability in the hands of the divine potter. Uh, it's not like that God's somewhere going to make a mistake. That's right, right. But it's like that when you and I put ourselves in his hand, even when we put ourselves in his hand, he may have a firm pressure on us, informing us into the vessel he wants us to be, but he never forces us. It's always our volition, always our yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. It's always dependent on our submission to God, our surrender to the Lord. But as we give ourselves totally to Him, trusting in His firmness, trusting in His creativity, trusting in His desire to make us what He wants us to be, whether it's a front piece on the shelf or a piece in the back on the shelf, He knows what, what, what He wants to make of us. And if we surrender to that, we'll find total satisfaction in the finished product. But, but, if something goes wrong, Divine potter is able to take the clay. Instead of just simply throwing it away, he can remake it. God and Jeremiah said, I saw in the, in, in the house of the potter that the potter could, can remake it and make a new vessel. Oh God, in your power and your holiness. You're able to come and make it a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're able to make it a new, a clean heart. Outwardly and inwardly, you can recreate and undo what sin has done in our life. Make of us a vessel, clean and usable for God. Oh, I don't know if it makes any sense to you or not, but we sang tonight, and can it be? And he said in that one line, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Go down to the potter's house. And as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. If, if God would speak to us,
and picture us as Jeremiah saw them. And we would recognize that we're clay. I'd simply ask you the question tonight, are you in the hands of the potter? Are you surrendered to the absolute will of the potter? Have you allowed him to make you what he wants you to be? Well, I'll tell you what, if you're that surrendered and consecrated to God, he'll make of you something beautiful. He'll make of you something useful. Are you in the hands of the potter? If not, we can come to the altar. We can talk to Jesus. We can come down to the potter's house, as it were, and say, Lord, I submit to you. I surrender to you. I ask you to come and do in me and for me and with me what you want. So I wonder, just sitting tonight, at the close of this Saturday night service, heads bowed and eyes closed. The Lord's, Lord's here. But I wonder if there's anybody that just of your own volition ought to get up and just come to the altar and talk to Jesus a little bit about where you're at in the hands of the divine potter. God said, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand. Anybody need to pray about that tonight before we go home? Are we searching our hearts? Are we asking God to look at the clay? Is there any mar, any marring? Is there anything that needs to be fixed? The altar's open if somebody needs to come and pray tonight. Not going to hold on long, but if you need to come, we welcome you to come. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let go and let God. Bless your heart, sister. Our sister's coming. Again tonight, that's fine. That's fine. Anybody else want to join her? She's kept it open just a few minutes for you if you'd like to come. You need to come and, and talk to God. You need to come and surrender to God. You need to come and submit to God. Lord, you know where we're at. You know what surrounds us. You know what we have to bear. Some things are difficult for us to understand, but we need to submit to the pressure and the pressing and, and the, the purifying of the Spirit of God. Let go and let God have his way to take us through whatever and make us however that he desires. Anybody else want to join our sister here in prayer before we let you go? We'll gather around and pray with her. But if there's somebody else, quickly, quickly, come. Just get up without any music, but just get up and come on Saturday night.
Let us pray with you. Anybody else? Amen. All right, we're going to have a word of prayer and closing, and some of you ladies especially, but others as well, let's gather around our sister. I know they're going through a lot right now, and she needs our help, but let's come and help her to pray, and then you're, you're dismissed if you've got to go. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege of being together tonight and this Saturday night. Thank you, Lord, that you are the divine potter. You can take us and you can make us, and that's what we want, Lord. We submit to you. We ask you to come. We pray reach out to our online listeners tonight where they are as well. Be with them in their home or wherever they might be. You can reach to where you're needed. And oh God, I pray for them. Pray Lord you help our sister here at the altar. Whatever it is that brings her here tonight. We pray for her. Ask that you will give her victory Lord. Give her that strength and that presence of God that will reassure and help and satisfy. And then any others here tonight that have need, go with us, go with us, give us a great day tomorrow, and oh God, meet with us, we pray. And for what you do, we'll give you the glory and give you the praise, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.